following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, church family. How are we today? Hey, that was good. I got to Now, if you come to first service or if first service you're watching online, second service just smoked you. They were so much better when I asked that question. You guys were awesome. I had to ask first service two times. And they were like, oh, we're just okay. I actually, like, said time out, made everyone go get coffee. And then, no, we didn't do that. You guys were awesome. You look good. Man, you look really good. Give yourselves a hand for just being in church. Wow, it's always an honor to be able to bring God's word to such an incredible group of people. And for those of you that are um, wondering, is that Pastor Rex? No, I'm not Pastor Rex Johnson. I'm not your senior pastor. My name's Brad. I'm the executive pastor here. Pastor Johnson is actually in San Antonio this weekend. One of our staff pastors that was here for many years left and started a church. Uh, we supported him. They started a church 10 years ago, Pastor Jonathan and Alicia Moore, North Rock Church in San Antonio. And they have asked Pastor Johnson to speak at their 10-year anniversary service. So yeah, he spoke last night and he's speaking three times today. And he's probably, if you know our pastor, how much he loves this house, he's probably not really doing this. Well, he might be, I don't know. He's probably got his notes up here. And then his cell phone's right next to it, like streaming online the service to see how church is going. He's really not. But I promise you, in the back of his mind, he's thinking about how's church, how's Austin. Man, I wish I was with my people today. I love my church. That's our pastor, right? Come on, give it up for our senior pastor. We love Pastor Johnson. Hey, I hope your weekend is going well. Um, Mine's going great. I, I actually read a story about... Uh, a couple who attended a family reunion last weekend, and the husband, John, you know how we do, man. You'll, you'll know this to be true as soon as I read this. He made a, a fool of himself at the food table. You know, when there's food everywhere, open, you just go get some, you know. I, I'm never full, you know, like, there, oh, there's food. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's more plates. I, there's, it's just a buffet. So he made a fool of himself, and his loving, kind, sweet-hearted wife, she calls him out on it. Hey, uh, um, hey, John. Hey, buddy. Sweetheart, love you. Hey, we've been here five minutes, and you've been to the food table about 15 times. Are you slightly ashamed of yourself, John? To which he responds, no. Not at all. You see, every time I keep going up there, I keep telling them that I'm refilling your plate, baby. (laughs) That makes me laugh. It's sad when you've been sitting on that all week and you've been so excited to tell that joke. And that joke had nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. It just made me laugh when I read it and I was like, I got to tell somebody. And so this was my opportunity to tell somebody. Y'all forgive me. I'm so weird. God's still working on me. But we're starting a brand new series today, and I'm really excited because at the beginning of every year, we like to, we like to preach a, a principle series, a series that, that is full of principles from God's word. And here is my promise to you. 
Here's my promise to you. Fail safe. Are you ready? Anybody looking for a better life in 2019 than it was in 2018? And 2018 could have been just, I mean, fantastic. I will, I will guarantee you, if you will put into practice what we're preaching the next four weeks, I promise you, your life will improve. Wow, that's a big statement. Yeah, it is. But it's true. It's absolutely true. And you'll, you'll find out what it is in just a moment. But what we're really, if you take a, an inventory of your life, an honest inventory, I think that you would find what Aristotle said to be true about your own life. And that is that we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. All of us are the sum total of what we do time and time again. Let me say it this way. We form habits, and these habits end up forming and shaping us. We get in a way of doing things, and that way of doing things shapes our life. We become what we repeatedly do. And so today, and really with the remainder of our time throughout this series, we're going to help us start the brand new year out with a new way of doing things. Even if if your way has been great and it's been working, I promise you, I have a better plan for you. It's not me, it's straight out of your word of God, okay? Straight out of your word. So that's how I can tell you that it's a much better plan than the one that you and I have come up with because this plan is fail-proof. If you will put this into action, it will work. And so here's what I know to be true about many of us in the room today. It's this, that most of us, We have uphill hopes, but we have downhill habits. Our hopes are going up. Man, we're just, oh, just ready for a great year. It's going to be amazing. Yes. That's January 1st. But hope is not a strategy. Like, I hope my year gets better. I hope that, I hope that, I hope that I get a job. If you don't, like, fill out an application, you ain't getting no job. You can hope all you want, but you're going to hope yourself on the couch with no paycheck. Hope is not a strategy. You have to put practices and principles into play to see things work out in your life. It's the way it works. And so I'm going to be really upfront with you today. What we're going to talk about, like you're not going to leave today going, whoa, mind blown. Wow. But what we're going to talk about today it's not easy. It's not, it's not easy. It's doable, I promise you that. God wouldn't ask us to do anything that's impossible. It's doable, but it's gonna take, it's gonna take you and I to put some principles into play. It's gonna take some dedication and some determination in our own life to set some new habits, some new trends, some new tendencies in our life. And I would be willing to say as well that, that people form downhill habits because they're easy. Because it's the easy way of doing things, right? We, we like to take the easy way out. That's human nature. Like if I can cut corners, then like if there was something right where you could like have big muscles. And you do these muscles because nobody works out their legs because nobody sees the legs, right? You know, you work out your biceps. That's, without having to go to the gym and eat right, who wouldn't sign up for that? 
But we sign up for a gym membership in January. Like you can't get to the gym. You can't get in the gym. There's 7 billion people trying to get on the elliptical machine right now. It's just scooting away. But just give them a month. Your machine's going to be back. It's going to be there waiting on you. It's gonna be, you're going to have to wipe it off. It's going to be dusty. Because we like the easy way out. And I wanted, you got to know this. And I want you to say this aloud with me. Say, everything worthwhile is uphill. One more time. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Everything. We don't have very many uphill habits. We have uphill hopes, sure. But we have downhill habits. And we're going to try to flip that over the course of this series We're going to give you some very deliberate, consistent, intentional things that will be very worthwhile if you will put them into work, if you will be determined, if you will be intentional in the way that you live your life. And I got good news for you. You're not alone. It's difficult, but God's going to be with you. He's going to give you the strength to do everything that we're talking about today. He's going to give you the willpower. He's going to give you the determination. He's not going to just give you some stuff from his word and say, oh, good luck. That's not the way that he works. He's going to be with you. And so you got to go with me. You got to get rid right now of every excuse that you're thinking of, of why 2019 won't be better than 2018. Well, I mean, my job, my boss is still a jerk. Listen, he might not change, but he might. I need you to throw every excuse out that says nothing's going to change. Everything's going to be the same. Doom and gloom, my life. Get rid of it right now. We got to start with a clean slate. We got to start fresh. We got to start new. If you bring all of that negativity into 2019, ain't nothing going to change. Oh, it'll change. It's going to get worse, let me tell you. That's that's how it's going to change. So, yeah, I read a story about... A boy named Little Johnny. That's not really his name, but I just love... Little Johnny goes really well in a story, so I'm using Little Johnny. And he wasn't doing too well in school, and his dad... This is parents, if you're looking for wonderful parenting techniques. His dad tried to shame him into studying more. Don't do this. And so he tells Little Johnny, Hey, Little Johnny... You know, when Abraham Lincoln was your age, he would study his books at night by candlelight. And little Johnny, being the genius that he was, looked back up at his father and said, yeah, Dad, and when Abraham Lincoln was your age, he was the president of the United States. (laughs) That's pretty good. Here's my point. Every single one of us have excuses as to why we're not the person that we want to be. There's things in our life that we wish we could change or we wish we had have changed, but there's every one of us has something and a reason and an excuse as to why we're not where we want to be in life. And you got to throw them out the window today. Get rid of excuses. That's one rule in my house. We don't have excuses. If you make a mistake, own it and we can deal with it, right? No excuses. No excuses as we walk into this year. And so as we throw the excuses away, you're going to need three things as we go on this journey over the next four weeks, okay? You're going to need three things with you to carry as we go on this journey of creating some uphill habits. And, and, and I want to share with, those to, uh, with you today. The first one is this. You got to have a hope for your future. 
I know 2018 may not have been what you wanted it to be, but 2019 is here. This is a new year. You can change. Things in your life can change. It doesn't have to be the same way. You do need hope. Hope may not change everything, but if you don't have hope, you won't have the desire for anything to change. And you say, well, Pastor Brad, you see, I'm lost in the wilderness. I got a word for you. Are you ready? But God. I'm lost in the wilderness, but God found me. I'm wounded. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But God can heal you. I I, I know your situation hasn't been great in 2018. I'm insecure, but God gives me confidence. You see, I don't know what your situation is, but I know God is able to handle whatever it is that you've dealt with and whatever you're trying to bring into 2019. I've lost my identity, but God gives me purpose. I don't know what that is for you, but God is your answer. But God. And so we're going to create some new habits this year. And I need you to understand that you're not alone. You're not by by yourself. You've got somebody that is walking with you, who is going before you. And if he is with you, then guess what? I can make it through everything. If he's on my side, if he's holding my hand, if he's fighting my battles for me, then I can walk into a new year and deal with whatever it is that 2019 is going to bring me. I ain't fighting the battles on my own. It ain't going to turn out well. But God is with you. You got to have hope, and I want you to give it another shot. Get rid of the excuses. You got to have a hope that it can change. The second thing that many of us need in the room today is repentance from our past. Repentance, wow, that's a big word, Pastor. That's kind of like an old school word. Yeah, it's an important word. It's a very important word. Here's what you have to do, every one of us. We have to have a course correction of sorts in our world. We, we have to say, you know what, I'm going this way, but with the help and the grace of God, I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna do some things differently in my life this year. See, every, it doesn't matter if you've been in church 178 years. Raise your hand. You've been in church 178 It doesn't matter if you've been in church forever or this is your first day. Every single one of us has something in our life that says, I'm moving in this direction, but I need to make a, a U-turn and turn around, have a course correct, and change some things in my life if my year is going to get better. We need to say, God, I'm sorry for the way that I've done things. I'm sorry that I've been trying to do it on my own. Look where my way has gotten. I'm going to try this with you, and I'm going to course correct, and we're going to do some new things in 2019. If you've ever been a part of any type of recovery program, perhaps you're familiar with this illustration, but this is where some of us are. It's called My Life in Five Chapters, Chapter One. I went for a walk, and I fell into a deep, dark hole. And it took me a long time to get out. Chapter two, I went for a a walk and I fell into the same deep, dark hole. It took me a long time to get out. Chapter three, I went for a walk and this time I saw the hole. But I got a little too close to the hole and I slipped in and it took me a long time to get out. Chapter four, I went for a walk, I saw the hole, and this time I decided to walk around the hole. Chapter five, I went down another street. 
Come on, and that's where some of us need to be in our life. Listen, you've been tippy-toeing around a problem in your life. You've been getting as close to it as you can around an addiction, around a problem that's been holding you down. And every once in a while, you just got to have a repentive moment in your life and say, I'm not going down that same street anymore. I'm not going to do it. Every one of us have something like that in our world. So you got to have hope. You got to have this moments of being repentive. And then we're going to do what we're starting today. The third thing you got to carry with you into this year is you have to form some uphill habits, some formation of some biblical principles, some biblical habits, some new tendencies in your life. You've got to form uphill habits. Romans 12 and 2, and I want you to say it aloud with me. It says this, fix your attention. Oh, that was terrible. Fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. And watch what happens when you fix your attention on God, you're going to be changed from the inside out. And see, we like to try to change all the stuff surrounding us. And we try to make all this look pretty, and that's great. Yeah, woo But if you're not changed in here, this is going to get ugly again. you got to start. You fix your attention on God. You change the inside, and the outside takes care of itself when you and I start to change on the inside. And so over the next four weeks, every single week, we're going to give you one habit a week. And I've already made the statement, and I'm going to say it again because I believe it to be true. That if you will implement and form these uphill habits in 2019, I promise you, I can't say it with any more conviction, your life will be better. You'll look back at the end of the year and you'll say, I didn't even know life could be this way. I didn't even know I could have this much favor in my life. I didn't know there could be peace and joy in my life. I've been looking for it all my life, and I never knew it existed. I didn't know it could be found. And I'm telling you, they're not mind-blowing. But if you do it, your life will be better, I promise you. The first habit is this. You've got to focus on what you do first. told you. Not mind-blowing. Focus on what I do first. The first. First. There's a principle that runs cover to cover throughout the Bible. It's called the principle of priority or the principle of first. First. What you do first in your life. In fact, I believe that I could tell you more about yourself by what you do first in your life than just about anything else. I could tell you a lot about who you are if I knew what you did first. And the first not only shows us a lot about us, but the firsts in our life actually holds a lot of power. And I'm going to prove it to you through scripture in just a moment. But but how, how how do we focus on what we do first? I want to show you how to live that out because it's one thing to throw that habit out there. It's a whole other thing to figure out how to do it. And that's what we're going to do today. See, we like to give you, uh, every year at the beginning of the year, we want to give you this foundation, a clean slate, if you will. And if you'll start getting this right, I'm telling you, this will take care of marriage problems. This will take care of problems with your kids, problems at your work. This will start to smooth your life out. If you will implement this stuff, I guarantee you. So here's the first way that you start 
living this habit out. You put God first. You focus on what you do first by putting God first. And I don't, please don't throw anything at me here. Cell phones, you don't have to throw no tomatoes, don't throw nothing at me. He's not interested in being second or third. He's he's not interested in being below, you ready? Your spouse, your kids, your hobbies, your job. He's not interested in being sixth or seventh down on the list. No, 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 no. He, number one. He, He wants to be number one in your life. He wants to be at the top of your list. And he does that. Because he has the right to. Because he gave first. He gave his son to die for you and I in a grueling way so that our sins would be paid for, so that that we wouldn't have to, to face death because of our mistakes. See, he does... He always models, he always models what he expects from you and I. And in return, Christianity. And you know that that Christianity isn't all about like attending, start here at Christian Life Church and plugging in and volunteer. We want that, that's great, but that's not all that Christianity is. No, 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 no. It's not even being a, a faithful member of the church, which we want that, but that's not really what it is. Can I, can I just really bottom line to you what Christianity is? This is so bottom line, but it's so true. Christianity is when you take your list of priorities, the list of things that you do in your life, and you put Jesus at the very top of everything that you do, that he comes first. He comes first before your hobbies. He comes first before your family, before your job. When you reprioritize, and you put Jesus at the top. That is what it is all about. That is so uh, broken down and as easy as you can make it. But I'm telling you, you got to put God first. And let me be clear that I'm not just talking about finances. I know church sometimes gets a bad stigma for, oh, they just want my money. No, no, no. Listen, let me share with you what the word of God says. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, says a tithe of everything. He's not just interested in a tithe of your money. He says, I want a tithe of your thoughts. Yeah. See, see, money's great, but that's not what he's after. He's after your heart. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants a tithe of everything. The Bible says a tithe of everything from God belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. And watch, here's why we tithe. Are you ready? Don't be misconceived here. Deuteronomy chapter 14, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God at first place in your life. That's it. To put him at the top of everything that you do. So I'm encouraging you to take this principle of first and implement it into your life. So how do we do that? How do we we put God first in everything that we do? Let me break it down for you and make it really easy, okay? You give God the first of your year. Give God the first of your year. And that's why we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. 
make no mistake about it, we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting because we want him to know that he is first in our life. Listen, when you have a war with the pillows and the sheets at 5 a.m. and you're trying to wake up, listen, you're telling him, I'm getting out of bed because you are first in my life. Come on, y'all ever fight those pillows and those covers? No, get off me. Stop holding me down. Don't hold me back. He's first. That's why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let me give you the, a one-minute version. And if you're, this is our last week of, of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And maybe you haven't been a part. I encourage you, jump in this last week. You're not too late. You're not too late. I encourage everybody to find something that you can fast about. Let me give you the quick brief rundown, okay? This is really easy. There's, there's a complete fast where some people have been fasting complete food and only drinking water. There's selective fast where you're selecting certain foods not to be a part of your diet. The Daniel's fast, perhaps you've heard of that. That would be this type of fast. There's a lot of different, there's a partial fast where you're, you're eating certain meals and you're not eating certain meals throughout the day. There's a, a partial fast. And then there's one that's not even included or, or referring to food. It deals with your emotions, what you're intaking in your mind and through your thoughts. You get off of media, you get off of social media, you get off the news. And watch how, y'all are, some of y'all are saying, man, it'd be easier for me to fast 21 days of food, just straight water than to get off of social media for 21 days. It's the truth. It's the society in which we live. But I'm telling you, if you will take me up on this challenge, if for the next week you will wake up with us and you will pray, even if you can't make it here, but if you can, we're here at six o'clock in the morning to seven. We've got worship. We've got a time of individual prayer. Then we have a time of focused prayer. If you can make it show up this week, come on, if you can fast something, I'm encouraging you to find something that you can set aside, something that you're trying, the Bible says, to crucify your flesh. For spiritual purposes. So uh, let me just give you a hint. If broccoli is your least favorite food, don't fast broccoli. <laughs> I fast broccoli 300, man, I'm on, that's a long, I'm on a long streak of broccoli. Find something where it says, ooh, where you're reminded every day, ooh, it, this takes a little, ooh, yes, Lord, I want you to know you're first. I really want that cake. Woo! But you're first in my life. I'm not going to do it. I, I can, I can refrain. I can show, I can show that, Lord, my flesh isn't first. Find something this week and watch the clarity. Watch the clarity that you start to get in situations that you've been trying to get clarity on for years. When you put aside your physical for something spiritual. So how do you put God first? The second thing is you give him the first of your month. So you've given him the first of your year, and now you give him the first of your month. When you sit down to pay your bills at the beginning of the month, hopefully you pay your bills. Don't just look at him and, oh, there's a bill. Whoop, there it goes. No, when you sit down to pay your bills, don't just look at your bills. Look at your schedule. Because in this day and age, if we're not careful... We'll put so much stuff on our calendar that we schedule God right out of our lives. Trust me, I'm with you. I know calendars are crazy, but, but when you sit down to pay your bills, make sure that every Sunday you've got God in there, every Wednesday that you've got, just go ahead and write it on the calendar. It's not going to hurt. Come on, you're right. Go to the grocery store. Take my kid to baseball. 
Whatever that is, put God in your calendar. And let me just tell you, and this is not, once again, I'm not focusing on money, but this is part of it for my house. And it's worked for me, so I'm gonna share it with you. And this is not boasting, please, you know my heart, I'm not trying to do that. The very first dollar that leaves my account when Cass and I get paid comes to Christian Life Church. It's the way it works in my home. You know why? Because I know that if I don't show God that he's first in my life, if I don't do it to myself, see, I'm not like y'all. See, I, I don't have what it takes to make it through a day. I don't have what it takes to be the husband that I need to be or the father that I need to be to my three kids or the pastor that I need to be if he's not first in my life. I can't live up to what he's called me to do if he's not number one in every aspect of my life. He's got to be the first in my life. He's got to be number one. The third thing that you do to put God first is you give him the first of your week. And go ahead, give yourselves a hand. You're here. It's Sunday. You're doing great. You're at church. The first of your week. Let me ask you a quick question. How much better would your life be if you were at church 52 Sundays a year? I'm just asking. It's not going to get better, I promise you, if you work just a little bit more, if you work overtime. I just got to get to that practice. I got to get there. I'm telling you, if you will put God, give him the first of your week, it's going to work in your life. Pastor Randy, if you'll help me, we got to get, get these good people out of here. They got to get to lunch in a minute. They're hungry. I can hear your stomachs. No, that's just mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another way, the fourth way that you put God first is that you give God the first of your day. You give God the first of your day. Listen, if you have time for nothing, if your schedule's just so busy, I mean, you got so much stuff to do, why don't you just cry out to him for just a moment and tell him how good he is when your feet hit the floor? Can you give him 10 seconds of just, Lord, I love you. I just want to tell you, thank you that I have breath in my body, that I have hair, I can hear, I can talk, I got family, I got a job. Can you just give him just a moment of your time? He's worth it, I promise. He's worth every ounce of praise that you could muster up. God, I lift you up. I I give you glory. I can't make it without you. And and let me break this down because some of you may be new to faith and you're saying, well, that's great. I want to put God first. I want to give God the first in my day, but I don't even know what that looks like. Like if I tried to pray for like 30 minutes or come up here for that, that prayer for an hour, like all I know how to say is, thank you, Lord. 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 Listen, he loves to hear you talk to him. He loves every word that comes out of your mouth in praise and adoration to him. But I'm going to help you. Here's how. I'm going to break it down. Here's how you can give him the first of your day. Are you ready? Can you give him the first 15 minutes? Here's what you do. The first five minutes, you spend in, in the word. What would your life look like 
If 365 days out of the year you gave him the first 15 minutes, how much better would your life be? And so you spend five minutes, the first five, in the Word. You read a proverb. You read a psalm. If you got a few more minutes, read the one-year Bible. It's about a 10-minute read. Not the whole Bible in, one min- in 10 minutes, but that, that day's section. About 10 minutes. Just spend, spend five minutes in the Word. Grab your phone, read a devotional. Don't check your email or your text messages. Just read the Word. And then you spend, here, here's how you do the next five. Are you ready? You spend the next five in worship. I'm making it real easy for you. I'm taking away all the excuses. Remember, we said throw them out the window. We're getting rid of excuses this year. Five minutes in the Word. Five minutes in worship. That's, that's about one song. Turn on Spotify, Apple Music, hit play on that cassette player. I don't know how you roll. But just five minutes in a worship. Five how much better would your morning be if you woke up and you spent five minutes in the word and then from, from your mouth, from your heart, from your spirit, you just started singing. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my King. Come on, how much better would your morning be? Your wife would roll over and say, what in the world has gotten into you? I like you. Your kids, they wake up, they're cranky. You start singing that song. You start singing any song. Look at you. What in the world has got? I better get dressed right now. He's going to sing more. Worship. Five minutes, that's it. It's one song. Five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship. And the last five in prayer. Just five minutes in prayer. Come on, you can make up something to say in five minutes. You may not know what to say, but I love you. You can do that for five minutes. And then the more you do it, the easier it's going to become. You're going to find words to say. Things are just going to flow out of you after worship. Things will just start happening. You don't even know where it's coming from. Can I tell you why this year, 21 days of prayer and fasting has been so, so unbelievable to me? I'm here every morning that I can be, except for when Cassidy has to sing, then I have to be at home with the kids. I don't think that would be a good parenting move to leave all three of our kids at home unattended. But 21 days of prayer, Windsor is in second grade, and every morning, and Cass does it too, but I'm just speaking to when I'm there with him. We're praying together. We're praying at the house. I get up at six, and I'm praying with the church. I know what's going on that day, so I'm praying with the 21 days of prayer at the house, and Windsor's eating his bowl of Cheerios. Hearty breakfast. And he's sitting at the table, and I'm, I'm walking around the island in our kitchen, and I'm just thanking God. I'm just, I'm just grateful. I don't even know what I was praying. I just, I was probably just, I don't know, I was tired. I'm not going to lie. But I look over, and my eight-year-old's got his spoon put down, 
and his head is bowed. And I don't know what he's saying, but, but he's talking to God. And here's what I want you to understand. Listen, what you're doing with your first is making more of a difference than you will ever imagine. What you're doing with your first is not just affecting you, but it's affecting generations. And let me prove it to you because I'm a direct correlation to this. I have vivid memories of walking into my home, coming in from school, and my mom's in her room, and she's on her knees praying and travailing before the Lord. I remember her calling my name out and my sister's name out. I remember walking into early morning prayer meetings. I don't think I prayed. I probably slept. But it was in this building and in the building that we used to have next door with my dad as we would pray together. And guess what? See, now their prayers of my my parents are affecting their grandchildren because of what they chose to do with their first. You can do it. You can give him your first. Come on, throw out every excuse. It's not worth it. The excuses won't last. But what you do with your first impacts lives for years and years and years to come. Would you stand with me? Y'all aren't any less hungry now than you were 10 minutes ago. Sorry. I promise you, listen, I know these principles, these habits that we're talking about, they're not mind-blowing. They're not. And they're going to be easy to do the next couple days. But you give it a month, two months, you're going to have to be real intentional. Real intentional. Listen, you can't just, oh, I'm going to probably, no, no, no. You've got to be very intentional about giving him your first because if you're not, the covers will win. The pillow will win. And, and before you know it, you're like, man, I used to pray a lot, but now I really don't. And 2018 or 2019 will be just the same as 2018 was. And so here's how I want to pray for you. I got to show you this, though, before I pray for you. Once you do this, once you put God first, here's what you can expect. Are you ready? This is beautiful. You can expect God to bless the rest. When you put him first, it's the way he works. He multiplies your time. He multiplies your finances. He multiplies. That's the way that God's math works. When you give him your first, he multiplies the rest. Watch this, Proverbs 3. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In other words, in all your ways, put him first. You got you to know where he's at. He's got to be where he needs to be in first place in your life, honoring him, and he will fill your life to overflowing. If you want the blessings of the Lord to flow in your life and the favor of God on your family, I'm telling you, you put him first and watch what happens in your life. And I know it's not going to be easy, so here's what I want to do today. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you that that you would have the strength when you don't feel like doing it. When you know that it could cause some, some, you know, some issues in the community where you're feeling pulled to go to this event, but you know, wait, I gotta put God first before I go do something else. I'm gonna pray that God would give you what you need to not just put him first for a day or a week, but to put him first for the entire year and see what happens in your world. And I want you to pray that with me. Would you do that? Lord, we love you.
Lord, I'm so grateful that you've met us here today. What an honor it is, Lord, to speak to people about putting you first. It works. It works not because I said it, because it's your word and because you're faithful. And Lord, I pray that there would be a renewed strength that would come all over this house and the people that call this place home. That Lord, when it's not easy to put you first, when they don't seem to have enough time in their schedule, I pray that you would open something up, that you would give them the strength and the courage to put you first above all else this year. And when you do, God, I know, I know the way you operate. You will bless the rest. Bless us. And God, I'm grateful for the generations that will be affected. Generations that we can't even see, that don't even have names yet. That are affected because a group of people in South Austin are going to put you first in 2019. Bless us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Hey, don't forget to go sign up for life groups. Come on, we all need to be a part of life groups. We'll see you Wednesday night back in the house of God. Have a great rest of your weekend.